Wait, are we are we recording right now? Oh, okay. <clears throat> Welcome to Rambling. I'm your moderator, Chance Middleton. This is a show where we like to take all kinds of random opinions and ramblings and put them together and can join discussion with our peers. The show includes all sorts of topics, questions, opinions, jokes, random thoughts that you just can't sleep at night with, or random shower thoughts you get when you get soap in your eyes. So here we go. You know what we're talking about today? No idea. We're talking about frauds. Pretty cool, cool ones. Like, have you ever been to New York? No. Uh, so, do you know what the Brooklyn Bridge is? No. Okay. Well, it's a bridge. Very popular. <laughs> it's a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bridge. Very popular in New York City. And actually, back in the the turn of the century, a man named George C. Parker, uh, quote unquote, sold it several times. Uh, and he made his living doing this like tons of other landmarks like the Statue of Liberty, the Brooklyn Bridge, parks, and different buildings. And what we would do is we'd find like immigrants and just unknowing investors and convince them that uh, he owned the Brooklyn Bridge or was a, a primary factor in the building of it. And he was going to charge a toll to see these landmarks or use them. So people invested thinking they were going to make money back off of this, but in reality he just took the money and ran. And we call these guys con men. I don't know if you guys have ever used that term, but it's short for confidence man because one of the first cons was a guy would uh, try to take somebody's watch and tell him he'll bring it back to him tomorrow and he would spend the entire train ride building confidence, hence the name confidence man. Some other notable people like uh, Charles Ponzi, he did a mail fraud for several years. Uh, He actually started the name Ponzi Scheme with his last name of Charles Ponzi. Uh, so Charles Ponzi. Charles Ponzi. So that's where Ponzi scheme comes from. Yeah, he used uh, international mail notes to um, scam investors. He realized though that this investment was terrible, so he would move money from one investor to another to make the returns look good. Well, when they invested more money, he would scam some off the top, keep it for himself, and keep moving this same pot of money around to different people. So where did Pawn Stars come from? Monsters? Vegas? <laughs> Vegas. There's a lot of things that goes on in Vegas. A lot of fraud that goes on in Vegas. There really is. There's a lot. There is like, a lot. Uh, gambling, counting cards, that's all considered forms of fraud. You got the uh, casinos over there working double time in the basement. Oh, yeah. The money laundering frauds. Yeah. Yeah. Those are huge. <coughs> like, oftentimes you hear money laundering, you think of like published foreign drugs and stuff, and people do it for many reasons, like tax uh, evasion and stuff like that. Embezzlement too. Oh yeah, embezzlement's a big one. Yeah, that's like the main thing. Yeah. Like uh, almost every uh, layer of government has suffered from embezzlement, from city, county, all the way up to federal. So, uh, was Shakespeare accused of ghostwriting? What is even ghostwriting? Writers writing. Someone. It's you take the credits for someone else's thing, basically. But like. Was he? Yeah, I mean, I've read extensively about this. A lot of people think Shakespeare, like, wasn't even a writer. Like, didn't even have the education of being that literate. Uh, yeah. Because you yeah. know, back in that, back in the 1600s, not everybody was literate. Yeah, know? I was. I wasn't really gonna give him any credit because, in all honesty, I'm not even that good. And 
he didn't even have any of what I've had. So, yeah. I mean, it just kind of screams red flags. Yeah, like, I don't care where a comma goes or if there even is a comma or a period. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about language is it changes. So that would have been like the English she used would have been common English of the day. But the thing was, is if you can read nor write, how are you expected to write classic literature plays? You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people... You speak them while someone else writes them. Yeah, but well, they said too, though, that there are... Tons of documents saying Shakespeare was like a failed entrepreneur in the real estate business. Like he owned properties in parts of England, and yeah, a lot of records at the time show that he was more of a real estate person or like an entrepreneur, not really a writer. Like his parents couldn't have afforded him to go to college. Somehow he did manage to do it, though. He didn't really have a ton of education, reading, writing. You know. Didn't he disappear? Like, there's, yeah. like, a section of his life that's not even, like, documented. Yeah, like, there's a part of his life where he was, uh, they think he was born, like, in April. And the, they they used his baptism, though, because at the time, you know, people got baptized just, like, a certain number of days after the birth. So they used that to do that, like, mark his time. But then they also used, like, paperwork, like, census information and tax paperwork to try to describe his family's life. But they didn't have phones and stuff so you know there's not a ton of paperwork to go off of and then just one day he randomly popped up in London and was apparently writing some of the finest plays humanity had ever seen which is crazy because he was his parents were very poor and he never had the same opportunities as most people did so they think that there was like a panel of academia people or just really smart people who got together and said plays wrote plays published the plays and somehow Shakespeare's name was put onto that. Do you they, think Shakespeare might have been like, you know how there's people that are like the middleman, but not? Like, yeah. Well, that's actually a valid point. There's a lot of people who assume because Shakespeare had business experience, he didn't write these plays, but he marketed them. Like, what, if you, what do you think if he got like somehow in that time span that he was gone, he went to school or something, and he got really rich off of selling his houses or whatever he was doing, and he'd like bought this play from someone was like i really want to be known for something that is around because i mean i know i don't know any realtors in the 1600s that are actually popular so i mean if he uh if you did that i mean you could just like say hey this is mine but like i'm giving it to you well a lot of people think that he had really great business like like not great but good enough business experience that he could market these plays and by the end of the day after he's went to the parties and stuff he was just like yep these are my plays i produced them so they're my plays and that's why people, some people think that the things we read and call Shakespeare's were not written by him, but they were produced by him or supported by him. And that's why we just think Shakespeare was the writer. But a lot of people, though, say that he didn't have the education to do so. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I want to give that to him. He doesn't sound like where the credit should be due. Yeah. But it's also one of those things, though, that, like, if the writers didn't really care if they got the credit or not, you know, mm-hmm. then... Uh, what does it matter? Like, if they didn't care, then... There's a band, though, back in the 90s. Oh, uh, gosh, what was that band called? Brandon, do you know what the band was called? Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli. I remember this. My mom told me about it, that this band, they were just lip, lip-syncing. Like, literally, they were just on the stage dancing pretty much because these songs that they had were all written and sung by somebody else, and they were just playing the recording. Hmm. But ended up... Uh, like this band, um, people like people figured it out. 
called them out and they, they had an option that you could return the CDs or whatever, but a lot of people didn't just because the music was still good. They sold nine million. Yeah. Their first record. They sold nine million albums. Which is pretty impressive for a first album. And it being in the 90s, right? What are you saying about the 90s? Well, no, like, think about it. I mean, there's not... <laughs> they lived in log cabins and yeah. road oxen everywhere. Yeah. yeah. They, had, they still had the uh, Amish lifestyle. <laughs> 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 uh, they weren't paying taxes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what about this car extended warrant? I hate them things. Oh, where they call you? Where they call you and they're like, yeah. oh yeah, your car's about to be stolen off of this property in the yeah. middle of New Jersey and you're like, I'm not even there. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like 90% of... I don't get how they make money off of that. Oh, they, they scam it. Like, so like 90% There's of people, people... So you know how IRS or whatever and you have your social security card, If there's people that are like, oh yeah, uh, you are getting your social security card taken away, blah, blah, blah. You're last four digits have been leaked out into the world wide web and you're like oh okay but it's actually them just calling you doing that and so you're, yeah. you sit there and you panic because social security card will get you literally everywhere yeah like it, a lot of people yeah like they like 90 percent of people when they get these calls just assume that, oh well you know it's just fake but there's there's a good portion of people though that hear that they're if you get that 10 percent on that 90 percent, that's still a lot of money yeah, but like, there's a lot of people though that hear that their social security number information has been leaked, and then the guy on the phone's like, "Pay us five thousand dollars, and we'll recover it." Or at you, think, yeah. you think about it, how easy is it to make one of those things? You literally have some automation thing where you dial a number up, and then you have a recording. I mean, I could just call you and pretend to be yeah, someone. Exactly, like, and it's all just numbers. It's not like you have to have this specific code. Blah blah blah. Yeah. You're just calling random people. And they say too, though, I was reading some statistics about it. And it's not like these people are making small amounts of money. Like if you call a hundred people a day, and ninety percent of people think it's fake, but ten percent of people think it's real, and then that's ten people a day that's paying you a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, you can get up there. It, it can just be a little small thing and be like, oh, good, we can easily pay this off. It'd be fun. Yeah. But you know, and also if you think about it, if you get them to go to a website or something, you can still scan them. Still their information too. You still their yeah. information. And it goes well, way farther yeah. than that. But it's it's weird though. A lot of people think it's like funny, but apparently these guys make a lot of money doing it. Yeah, yeah. they make yeah. like almost five hundred dollars per person, like average. Yeah, and even if you don't give them stuff, if you sit like a lot of people like to sit there and like mess with them, you know. Like, I mean, even if you just say yes to one of their questions, they can cut it. And where, there's been yeah. a few cases where they yeah, cut it and like put that for like, do you give me permission to take this bank or wire transfer or yeah. whatever. Like I, I, I was some of the ways to prevent it was don't say explicitly say yes, don't explicitly say yes, um, ignore the call, which a lot of people like to pick it up and, and just don't them. answer. Yeah, and something else though is your actually your iPhone. If you go into settings, you can change the settings to help filter those calls. But something else you can do is if you go in and make a contact and you make all seven digits zero, and give the contact name like unknown, and save it in your phone, right? And you just block that contact then it will block most of the calls because they use spoofers and stuff like that. Well, you can change your phone to block any call that's not from your contacts, yeah. too. Which is also kind of a little sketch because you think about if you got like a new job. And I mean, yeah, it. that's, that's when you have problem. issues. But, yeah. Or like if you're out there in the world and your phone number's out there because, hey, look, it's on business, business card, yeah, whatever. But something else that's interesting is uh, when they call you, they're not the number that you see isn't their number. So like if uh, I was going to try to call and scam Cooper, 
I would use Colin's phone number so and whenever Cameron gets angry and calls me back, he's gonna get Colin, and then him and Colin sit there in an argument for 15 minutes about. And then that's where it's funny him. for them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, why do people even do this? Why do they commit frauds? I mean, other than the money yeah. and all that, like, what if you what if you get that 90 percent? A lot. Mean, a lot of it's like. I don't know. Yeah. It's more of like a... It's mostly for monetary It's for gain. enjoyment, a lot of... Yeah, but there's a lot of people, too, that use it for fame. I mean, uh, I don't know if they've got to the episode yet of the well, Helen Keller um, conspiracy we discussed, but people argue that they use that for fame. There's yeah. this new show on Netflix. It's called Anna Delve. Yeah. And it's about a young girl who's a con artist and, like, steals, like, millions and millions of dollars and, like pretends to be like from big rich families and stuff yeah I, i've seen stories about um people who, who go in and like oh so-and-so is bringing my amex card later i fly lost about bags or whatever and they they give it to them expecting that they will pay later but it, they just keep stacking it or whatever but yeah people commit frauds mostly for monetary gain but there's there's tons of people who just do it for the fame the glory i guess of being something they're not one of my favorite frauds, and a lot of people around here suffer from it, is like uh, multi-level marketing. So you have people like Zizia, Juice Plus, Mary Kay. They're not frauds explicitly, but they're multi-level marketing. But this is one of the easiest ways to get caught up in a fraud. You know, you hear this, well, if I get one person, or if I get two people, and then you get two people, and they get two people, then you make $500, and I make $1,000, and yada, yada, yada. If you ever hear somebody like that, that's that's a pyramid scheme, is what it is in essence. And 90% of the time you'll get burned on that. It's like those secret sister um, Christmas things yeah. where it's like, share this and 10 people sign up underneath you, then you could have to buy one gift and get like 100 gifts in return. Yeah, like that's exactly, exactly what it is. There's also things like, uh, oh, excuse me, um, Things like, you think about it like, let's just say a TV channel service and they're like, oh, buy this for annual and all that. But sometimes if you don't really look at it close enough, annual might cost you more than a monthly or a monthly might cost you more than an annual. Yeah, like how Wix does where they have like the Mm -hmm. most expensive plan, like the one that's highlighted and everything, then have like the free version real tiny somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, like, well, there's a lot of people that I mean, it toes the mark of fraud, but it's not quite fraud. Like the multi-level marketing and the pushing things that, the, like the aggressive sales tactics, those are technically fraud, but they're so minute and they happen like sporadically that you can't get it. Like what Grayson was mention, mentioning is a lot of times that will end up as fraud because somebody in that, that pyramid does something to hurt others. It's it's crazy though the amount of people who get caught up in it and they think it's a great idea just because it's like a quick passive income but there's no such thing as quick passive income. Yeah, um, I mean that that can go really far though if you really think about it. I mean there's so many big companies out there that could be doing that. But uh, one thing that was really big is the election of 2020. Now we're not going to spit facts because there's not really any facts out here that every side can agree with but we're just talking about conspiracies and just like when you think about it was there any fraud or was fraud just you know 
well, part I mean, of the whole talk to make the, someone else have more fraud. You know, the voting fraud's been going on for years. Like people, I mean, yeah, register. I mean, vote under like dead people's names all the time. I don't think it was just the year of 2020. I think it's been going on for years. Yeah, and I bet it just got highlighted and molded very well because that's all we wanted because to do. Because of how big the election was. Something yeah. that I did read though: the election system we use, we use it through. Uh, Computers, of course, makes it a lot easier. You can count ballots like that, keep totals, tallies, whatever. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is, uh, it was not designed by the United States. It was actually designed by the Chinese, and we bought it off of them and modified it. Which I'm not saying that you know explicitly like there's problems there, but there's a lot of people who do believe that that does cause problems in of itself. I mean, if yeah. you think about it, there's a lot of fraud that we don't that we look over because we get something from an outside source, like. We use a China app instead of a United States app. It might take things that China likes to take from their people, and we don't like. You know, like I mean, yeah. think about it. Like if you use WhatsApp or whatever, there's like some things on there that you might not like that they do, but they do. Yeah. But the United States doesn't like that because it goes against how they want to treat their citizens. You know. Yeah, but it's there's tons of conspiracies though about how other countries get involved and stuff, and they're I mostly think. It's funny though because some of them are like really far out there. And I th that's something I love about conspiracy theories. Like, yeah, some of them make sense, but some of them are like so far out there. And I just think it's funny. Mm -hmm. Like they'll be like, uh, I don't know, like the the Philippines sending spies to burn down ballot boxes or something crazy. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Do embezzlers have to pay taxes on the funds they steal? Actually, legally they should, which is pretty funny. So the IRS get, uh, gets criminals a lot of times, like Al Capone, they got him not on, you know, bootlegging alcohol or drugs or prostitution or murder. They got him because he was running these illegal businesses and he wasn't paying taxes on them. They, they get criminals like that all the time and it's something like the tag on. So like, you know, if somebody's moving like cocaine or something, they're obviously laundering that money dirty well money. i mean that's why like moonshine is illegal it's because it's, it's can't be taxed can't be taxed yeah and like it's funny though because a lot of these guys are moving these drugs and alcohol and stuff and they're of course are laundering the money but something they always try to tag on is not necessarily the drug movement or the drug sale and possession stuff but they'll try to tag on uh tax crimes as well like uh not paying your taxes on it tax fraud all that stuff and it's funny because uh, any money that's been embezzled and stuff, the IRS states that it has to be taxed as income. But then you start getting into the problem of, hey, where'd this money come from? But that's whenever you make money not from an employer, it's not taxed to begin with. So like then later, like your employer sends you a W two form or a yeah ten ninety nine form. But you could always look at it from the entrepreneurial standpoint that you're you're an entrepreneur in crime. Which, but if you if you file taxes on money that you illegally got obtained, obtained well then aren't you kind of throwing yourself under the bus on how you got that money? Not really, because like say per se they use cash up, they accept payments on there, yeah. and then they just write it off as like side jobs people have did for you. Yeah, the only downside is if you're making lots of money, you'd have to list how you obtained that money. And you can't just always label it a side job, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah, like you're not making $35,000 a month from. Yeah, there is, jobs, like, yeah, if you're making, like, 
tens of thousand of dollars, yeah. it's different. But if you're making like 10K like every three yeah. months, maybe not. Yeah. But yeah, they, uh, that's something that happens though is people will state, oh, I'm taxing this money that I got from selling bootleg liquor. Then they'll be like, oh, that's kind of funny because we have other people who'd like to talk to you about that. A lot of people wouldn't write off their right taxes for uh, their sales of illegal substances and stuff like that because it's cash and cash in hand. Like, there's really no need to follow it. I guess if you were moving exorbitant amounts of money and not cash through accounts and stuff, that's kind of where they want their tax money from. That's where you get tracked by the NSA. Yeah. Well, this is funny. So Browning sent us a link to different crimes, and this is from the FBI. One of them was adoption fraud. I've never heard of that. Oh, so like if somebody got a baby off the black market, is that what that is? No, it's whenever like a a family like adopts a child just for the benefits of adoption. Well, That's true. How do they get in the mindset of that family to know why they adopted the child? Because I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out whenever they don't take care of the kids. Yeah, if, the, if they're just there because you get money paid from the state. Like, there's cases where like kids are like shoved in closets for 12 hours a day and the parents just take the money and then feed them one meal. But here's another one it says unethical adoption <laughs> service providers. So if somebody, uh, I don't know, I guess it's just stealing kids and reselling them. That also is considered adoption Pretty sure product. that's just human traffic. <laughs> but I guess if they're selling them for adoption, it's adoption product. Counterfeit prescription drugs. That seems like... I mean, that's like pressed pills, well, stuff like okay, that. Okay, if we're going to think about it, literally, fraud could be anything. You're, yeah. Because like, uh, if you think about it, I mean... All we know is like, oh, interest rates and blah, blah, blah. The demand's not there. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah for gas right now. I mean, like, but besides... it's just going up because they just want to make more money. You know, I mean, if one thing's, one place is going to do it, the rest are going to do it because they want to make the money that that person's making. And yeah, so like, there's so many different scams. There's mail fraud, there's tax fraud, there's adoption fraud. And one of them, though, that's crazy is romance scams. Because so, you, get, you get married and things. Or like you get romantically involved with them in some way, and then they go after your wallet, not your heart. Yeah, I mean. My grandma had this happen. Like, yeah, like to the point where she was almost ready to drive to Nashville, and she can barely drive in the daylight, and it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. Drive to Nashville and meet the dude at the airport. And yeah. he wasn't real. Like, he was a scammer. Yeah, just I've heard of this. I've heard of people who suffer from it. Like, they get romantically involved with catfish on the internet. And then they uh, ask for money. Yeah, they'll be like, I'm stuck or here. Like, or they'll say they're in the military, which was her case. Yeah. They're, and then that they are at the airport coming home from base to see you, and that their card's getting declined and they need you to pay their ticket. Yeah. That's how my grandma got it. And she was just going to drive down there instead of paying her ticket. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, she had sent him the money, and she was supposed to go pick him up whenever he arrived to after she bought the ticket. Uh, there's so many different schemes and stuff, though. And then there's always the common Nigerian uh, letter, which I think is hilarious. That's something that hasn't happened in a while, but they uh, they do pretty much the same thing. They give you some sob story about how they're a Nigerian prince who's lost their money and they need money to get back. I mean, there's also, like, just fake money fraud stuff like that, too. Yeah. 
Well, anyways, if you've made it to the end of this podcast, we've just frauded you of 20 minutes of your time. Congratulations. Don't fall for any more frauds. You know, we've gave you pretty good lists. You know, romantic fraud, charity fraud. Uh, fraud in general. Don't, don't invest in the Brooklyn Bridge fraud. <laughs> but anyways, you just got frauded for some of your time. Y'all have a nice rest of your day, and hopefully you listen to some more of our random ramblings. Well, if you're listening to this, it means you made it all the way through an episode of Random Ramblings, or you just skipped to the end, cheated. And as you know, we posted the entire season. So if you guys would like to listen to me with my intros and outros, with my friends' stories, their opinions and jokes and whatnot, continue listening. Just binge all the way through it. If you'd like to space them out, you know, savor it a little bit, do that too. We just thank you guys for listening to us. Have a great day.